Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. I'm AJ. That's Tyler. Tyler, how are we doing? I'm doing great, AJ. How are you, man? I'm I'm spectacular. We're uh, previewing the Honda Indy Toronto this episode. Uh, I'm sitting here drinking a very fine Canadian brew, Molson Canadian, purchased especially for this recording. Highly recommend. No free ads, but highly recommend. I've never um, had Molson. Uh, never? But, no, and people have told me about it. But it's just like a light beer, right? Oh, yeah, it's terrible, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I mean, I I'm, I don't know the whole the full breadth of Canadian beer. I'm not an expert by any means. I would assume it's like the high life of Canada. Yeah. So There's, that, al- that, there's also Labatt, right Labatt Blue, mm-hmm. um, Moosehead. I've never had Moosehead. Um, those are the main ones, I think. And... For our Canadian friends, our Canadian listeners, please uh, shoot us an email or send us a DM if uh, <laughs> if we're missing out on a particular Canadian beer. Um, yeah, maybe a, a Toronto beer, a Drake yeah. beer. Does Drake show up to this ever? Um, <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe he does. I'm not a big. Drake I know the guy. answer to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, anyway, we'll we'll find out. Maybe he'll show up this year. Maybe that's maybe. That's the surprise guest. Yeah. For this year's Honda Indy Toronto. Um, for those of you that don't know, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but it's an 11 turn street course, 2.874 kilometers. Um, I feel like we should, you know, convert it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we should, we should uh, accommodate uh, our, uh, our friends in the great white North, considering we are coming to their house for this, the race this weekend. But for our, American friends, 1.786 miles. Um, pretty long running race, been around since 1986. Um, I'd like to call it the house that Michael Andretti built. He's a seven-time winner. Um, last year Scott Dixon won. He's a four-time winner there, actually. Um, but uh Tyler, what are you looking forward to this weekend? I'm excited. I don't know about you. Um, well, you know. It's going to take me a sec to adjust to this because my one of my big complaints about Detroit was that it felt crowded, and this one definitely feels crowded. Uh, so if it turns into a yellow fest, I don't think I'm going to have a good time. Uh, but I don't, uh, I don't know what your problem is with yellows. <laughs> it's uh, not like it's not like Detroit was running entirely under yellow. You know, like, there is? was a just... decent amount of green flag laps in that race. Part of it is just the peacock experience during yellows, uh, which is, you know, talking like the commentary. You're showing me the screen totally fine, but they fit in all those commercials. And sometimes if you're watching on peacock, it just goes straight to the black screen and it says the program will return shortly. And like, that's not exciting. 
<laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> this is also a Peacock only broadcast. I don't know if you're aware of that. Um, no, I was not. Yeah, it's only on Peacock this week. And it was last year also. I think that's part of the the deal for having 14 broadcast races or whatever is that they get to put one just exclusively on Peacock. Um, so probably not gonna be a good TV audience for this one. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I was curious how you felt about that, but to be fair, last year they had limited interruptions. They called it. So mm-hmm. they do limit the commercials and I'm hoping they'll do that again, but yeah. How do you feel now knowing after I broke that news, even worse. <laughs> um, and like, I, I still get excited about watching the race. Don't get me wrong, but like, uh, I don't know. I want to watch the race. I want to watch racing. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's my complaint. You know, I mean, I guess it's exciting from a strategy perspective. Uh, well, and that means there was close racing going on. If there's, yeah, if there's yeah, guys yeah. in the wall and, you know, cars running into each other, that means there's, you know, there's some action. There's something going on. People are running on the limit. <laughs> it's part of it, I guess. I don't know. It's I'll have to grapple with that still. I don't know. Maybe as I keep maturing a bit, uh, maybe if you want to call it immaturity, I don't know. But uh, I'd call it that. I think that's fair. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> um, you know, uh, tickle me pink. I just want to see some racing. So. Yeah, you were pretty you were pretty hyped up this week or was that last week? You're texting me. You're like, I'm ready for another race. Yeah, right after right after mid Ohio. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty I'm ready to go again. I um, think that makes that I think you qualify now as an Indy car sicko if you're amped up after mid Ohio, especially like a non spectacular mid Ohio. <laughs> well, maybe it's because it was non spectacular. You know, I was like, ah, just give me a real one. Um, that's I guess that's fair. And I like consider I consider that. I'm waiting for Polo to break, really. Uh, like, I want someone to just stop him. Um, yeah. Although, I don't know if that'll ever happen. I think it will. I think it happens this week, to be honest. I don't think he can keep it going. Like, eventually your luck runs out. Yeah. I mean, he's good, and he's clearly, you know, firing on all cylinders and everything. The chips are falling his way, I, I guess. Um doesn't happen forever and a place like toronto where chaos can sometimes rain i think uh i think this is the week he comes back to earth a little bit it might be like a fourth <laughs> you know like he might not make the podium yeah i think that would be i'll know. take just he can even take the podium like just third is better than first <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> except if that happens it's gonna be like scott dixon Mark Erickson and Joseph Newgarden are all going to wreck on the first turn, first lap. <laughs> I'll take each other out. Yeah. And he'll still build his points lead. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man. Um, uh, it'll be a good race. I'm pretty excited for it. Um, is there anything I should be on the lookout for in terms of uh, the track? Like any, any history here other than Andretti winning seven times? Um, well, I, I was watching, I watched last year's, I rewatched last year's race because I kind of didn't remember anything that happened. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, I was trying to think back to even who won and I, I was drawing a total blank. So I decided to go back and rewatch. Um, and I mean, they showed clips from past races during 
the race. And one thing that really struck me is how the track is exactly the same. Like it's how it it's always been the layouts effectively unchanged, Mm -hmm. but the track has also changed dramatically, (laughs) even though it's exactly the same, which I know doesn't make any sense, but um, in particular, there's the, the nine, 10, 11 complex right before they turn back onto the main straight. Mm -hmm. Um, Pit lane used to be on the other side. It used to be on the inside of the track. And a couple years ago, they built this hotel um, kind of along the main street there. And they had to move everything to the other side. And it kind of just totally reduced the amount of available space. Mm-hmm. Um, so both pit lane is wild. It's like multiple turns. I, I'm yeah. sure you remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you watched this race last year. And I feel like talking, I feel like I remember talking to you about it, but in addition to pit lane being narrower and a little more chaotic, the actual track itself is a lot more narrow now than it used to be, even though again, it's in the same footprint. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing that strikes me about it. And that is interesting. Just that again, it's exactly the same, but it's totally different. And, um, I feel like it's still the new layout is new enough that it's still kind of changing and they might be making adjustments every year. And I mean, that's probably true for any street course. Like you show up and you know, new patches have been repaved because like there's yeah. a huge pothole there over the winter or whatever. Um, but yeah, again, that's any street course. So it'll just be interesting to see who can adapt quickest. Um, you got to think a guy like Scott Dixon or even Colton Herta, who was on the pole last year. Um, those will be the guys to look out for. And again, Polo. I mean, that's, I feel like we don't even need to say it at this point, but. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They talked about riding the bumps uh, in last year, last year's race. And it made me think of the porpoising, you know, they had a lot in F1 earlier this mm-hmm. year where the guy's heads are just slamming against the backseat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wonder if, uh, I wonder what, uh, what, where the bumps have changed. I don't know. Like, you know, like a guy like Dixon is returning. Like, does he have a better feel for that or is it worse? Cause he's expecting something to be there and it's not. I feel like the main, like there's probably the big ones that they know are there unless they get again, repaved or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably the main ones that, you know, were there, but there's probably, especially up in Canada, who knows what they do the roads up there in the winter. Not that Toronto is like the North pole or anything. <laughs> it's still, <laughs> but more North than here and we're yeah. North. So, yeah, I'm sure it gets cold. I'm sure there's a lot of snow. They're laying down all kinds of salt and the plows are out constantly, you know. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's an advantage to like knowing exactly where all the bumps are. I think there's an advantage to being able to adapt to them because they might not necessarily be all in the same spots. And that's where I think like a, a veteran is, you know, is someone More to skill. look for. Yeah. That knows yeah. how to handle it a little better than, than some other, some other drivers. Um, but then you also look at a guy like Kyle Kirkwood who went and won it, went out and won at Long Beach this year, you know, mm-hmm. with only one year of experience. So it just depends. Yeah. It, it's, it could be a total, car setup you know who's got the best street course package thing too so i don't know (laughs) your guess is as good as mine 
Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll be on the lookout. I mean, I'm just curious about, like, has anything crazy happened at, like, Toronto? Um, yeah, there's... I feel like there's room for that. Um, Back in the 90s, a, a, a driver, Jeff Krosnock, died. Um, He... And he, it killed a marshal, too. He, like, climbed oh, wow. up. Or, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but... um. Yeah, it was on the end of the back straight, and yeah, just really, I think he hit a lamp post or something. Um, I think they've re-adjusted all the walls and catch fences and everything um, since then. That was like 96 or 98 or something, so it was a long time ago now, but um, yeah, I mean, and there's always beating and banging. There's, you know, it's tight. There's only one line through some of these corners. Mm-hmm. Um and and obviously far less extreme examples, you know. I mean, you saw it some last year with Will Power trying to die bomb guys and Hello and Erickson making contact and Felix and Rossi running into each other. I mean, stuff happens just because, you know, with 27 cars and only a mile, sorry, 2.8 kilometers <laughs> and concrete walls on both sides, you're just going to run into some Run into some stuff here and there. Something will happen, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always a fun one. It's it's one I look forward to. It was kind of a bummer that they didn't have it in 20. I mean, obviously, I understand why they didn't have it. Um, But it was a bummer not having it for those two years in 2020 and 2021 when you essentially couldn't get in or out of Canada. So, yeah. Yeah, understandable, but still. So, yeah, last year was the first year they ran it since yeah so yeah first year back which I, I think they had a great crowd last year i'm hoping that continues this year um yeah i didn't you know i didn't i don't i don't remember the crowd but i'm sure it was there yeah it's i mean just, all the grandstands looked full and decent people uh, amount of people milling about you know along the fences mm-hmm. and stuff so uh, yeah it's the only the only international race so oh, yeah it's barely. <laughs> hey, it still counts. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've been to the can- Canadian side of Niagara Falls, so I've been out of the country. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Toronto, but like or not Toronto, to Canada, but actual like Banff, you know, like out there a little bit. Yeah. That's yeah, that's real Canada. But it still Although... doesn't feel like a different country, so. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Just less guns, honestly. I don't um, know. I I feel like probably per capita, there's probably more guns in Canada than there are in the U.S. It could be. I don't know either. Uh, they. I feel like they need guns up there. Uh, I I agree. <laughs> that's why I say there's probably more per capita. Maybe that's the American thing in me, though. I'm like, oh, you know what? You need more guns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, but I like. There, I think it makes sense. Yeah. Okay, no, it's not. It's not. Okay. Um the US is one by like double <laughs> the next <laughs> highest. Um guess who is number two? You're now you will never get this. I'm not even sure if you know this is a country. Which also this might be controversial to say it's a country. Um Israel? <laughs> No. Okay. I was like a military 
controversial. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good guess. Yeah. Who? Falkland Islands. It's to be fair, it says country or subnational area. Oh, per capita. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. At 62.1 uh civilian firearms per 100 people. Um the United States is 120 per nice. 100 people. Nice. So, Canada is in seventh at 34. Eh, they'll get on our level someday. Um <laughs> But, you know, I I'm curious as to uh, how that pertains to the race. I can't even drink it. I can't I can't drink it back, man. I can't pour that bottle back. <laughs> That's all right. We're, you know, that happens sometimes. It's it's connected. It's Canada. Yeah. We're, it's just we're discussing the culture. Do you think Brian Herda owns a gun? <laughs> <laughs> so Brian Herda seems too relaxed to own a gun. Yes, he does. And that's why him and Kirkwood are going to, you know, Is they're going to bring us legal home. in Canada. Uh, you know, I, I think it's like, I don't think recreational is legal. No. I What's don't, the, I don't so. Oh, maybe. Tyler, uh, I'm going to continue our trend of trivia questions from last episode. <laughs> um, and I'm going to ask you, what is the u.s dollar to canadian dollar exchange rate currently currently as of wednesday uh, july 12th at oh, 8 43 p.m eastern time um no googling i'm gonna guess like 1.86 canadian dollars to one u.s dollar Ooh, that's not a bad guess a little a little steep yeah one u.s dollar to one 1.32 Canadian dollar. Three two. Okay. Yeah, that is a little cool. Yeah, but it's not bad. Ah, uh, yeah. I was trying to think because it's, it's been off. it's been a while since I've been back to Canada. I knew it was like roughly two to one when I went, but obviously, uh, economics. <laughs> Full disclosure: I have no, I don't understand how exchange rates work. <laughs> like I, I just can't put it together. Yeah, okay. it's all right. not how my brain works. Yeah, I took classes on it, so I just know it's a number that you can look up. It is a number. Um, you know what I really don't like about this track, and it's nothing <laughs> to do with the track itself. <laughs> yeah, is the freaking logo. Uh, it's a it's a road. It's like you know the the little map, little road map, and then it goes into a like a Canadian flag, the maple leaf, and then it goes into uh. What does it go into after that? Oh, a checkered flag. Uh, is it supposed to look like the Canadian flag? Like, you know, I think kind of, but just like, just, I think it's more just a maple leaf. Honda Toronto Indy. Honda logo. Indy Toronto. I got to look up the logo. But yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's Yeah, um, I'm looking at it on the website now. It just feels very like 2001. Um, it's. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the name also sucks. Honda yeah. Indy Toronto. I'm kind of over all of the like the names like that, like the Honda Indy 200 at Mid Ohio. I'm kind of over that. It needs to be like something Grand Prix. Yeah, agree. You know? If it's, it's the greatest spectacle, put some spectacle in it, man. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I guess there's not too many of them. Most of them are like that. 
But yeah, mm-hmm. Honda Indy Toronto, Honda Indy Toronto, and Honda Indy Two Hundred, especially back to back. Not a fan. Yeah, yeah, could be a little bit better. It's hard for marketing. I'm not gonna lie. We need to get Molson sponsored this forever. Really? It be yeah. Um, yeah. It used to be like the Molson Toronto Grand Prix. Uh, Molson Canadian Grand Prix. What a zinger on that! I know Ooh. it was way better. It was one thousand Molson Grand Prix of Toronto. I would wear that t-shirt. We need to get... Why aren't there beer sponsors? We haven't talked about... I don't know, man. Vape sponsors in a while, but... Yeah, Views, I think they're still doing all right. Um, I don't I don't notice them as much, but they're on the McLarens, right? Yeah, they haven't... I don't know if they've been kind of as um, prominent lately. I feel like I see AWS on them now. But maybe I'm just mixing my liveries up. You might be. Yeah, because I feel like that's maybe on their F1 side, but yeah, it might I don't be. Recall they had like some storage company on one of them. The NTD data has been on, yeah, Felix naturally a couple times. Um, yeah, hmm. but yeah, we need to get beer sponsors back. In my yeah, opinion. I would love an MGD sponsorship because like no one drinks MGD. I think it's pretty <laughs> rare, but like it'd be it's cool for the brand. <laughs> I I love MGD. Which do you know the difference between MGD and Miller High Life? One's genuine. D- true, but <laughs> real difference. No, I have no idea. MGD is it's the exact same recipe, but it's been filtered three times to really more accurately simulate the experience of drinking a draft beer. Interesting. I I don't know. I buy the hype or the science quote unquote behind that. Uh, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I enjoy a good MGD. I think the cans look cooler than high life cans. Um, they do, but I kind of miss the old, I, I have extreme nostalgia for the old MGD can design and logo. Yeah. No, the old, the old logo is pretty good too. Yeah. But I like that it incorporates like that American, almost that American, uh, like Miller, I don't know. I think of America when I see that, that like bronze thing on it. <laughs> the Eagle. Yeah. The Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I miss the old gold and the, and the, the red Miller badge. That's, that was, that's well, the that's MGD fair. of my youth. That's fair. I don't know. I mean, maybe they just realize it. I feel like uh, the light beer industry is uh trying to figure out some things right now. Yeah. They're doing some soul searching. Yeah. Yeah. And people are going back to it. Uh but <laughs> I yeah. I gotta say, it always, you know, it always hits the spot. You, you know what you're getting out of yes. each can. You walk into a liquor store and there's 90 different beers, and they're all some name that you know from some brewery that you've never heard of, and it's like something yeah. totally yeah. weird and unsettling. Like this this can of beer I'm drinking right now. It says legally brewed since 2008 what does that mean? <laughs> I'm already confused. There's already <laughs> questions. I'd have to do research. I don't care enough. What, what's the name of the beer? Uh, let's see. We can cut it out. If Here we go. It's just, uh, IPA. <laughs> <laughs> it's just IPA and it's from good people brewing company. I'm drinking a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's, another name on here but because good i think good people is pretty uh popular down in like uh i got this down in nashville um 
I feel like I saw them, but whatever. It's a, it's an IPA. It's IPA, IPA. See, you're proving my point. <laughs> I don't know what I'm drinking right now. Exactly. <laughs> and you, you could open it. You could buy a six pack. You could open it up. It could be the worst beer you've ever had in your entire life, but you'd have to drink it because you bought six of them. Yes. And you can't dump a beer down the drain. You can pawn them off on people, but mm-hmm. you can't, you can't just flat out get rid of them. You have so, to drink them. Sometimes I've done, I've gotten rid of, you know. I mean, if it's like skunked or old or, you know. Yeah. This is so far off the rails. Uh, I know. <laughs> I feel like. Well, it's okay. Let, We're having let's, fun. I'll be honest. I don't know what to, I don't know what to talk about with Toronto because it's just like uh, every, every time we get down to prep or like I'm sitting here and I'm like thinking about what I want to say. I'm like, well, it's, it's the polo show. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't want to get into like hypothetical like silly season stuff um too deep because like sometimes yeah. i'm like what's you know it's fun to speculate but what's the point and, and you know like i have a friend who like he doesn't care about anything that happens in the winter meetings in baseball because he just wants to come back and then he'll learn who's actually on the team and whatnot <laughs> um, <laughs> the opening day walk up to the gate get your scorecard so he's on the starting lineup i kind of like that i appreciate that yeah i appreciate it too although like i follow i follow like that stuff like a hawk just because i don't know it's yeah it's like too. money ball um yeah. and i feel like there's just not i don't know what's happening behind the scenes with any car what's happening when i'm not watching and that's something i would like to know do you think Chip Ganassi is doing a full-on Moneyball situation right now? <laughs> Do you think Chip and Michael are sitting there and they're like, we've lost Alex Pillow. We can't replace Alex Pillow. But you know what we can do? We can replace <laughs> Alex Pillow in the aggregate. Yeah, yeah. That's probably what they're doing. And what is one Alex Pillow? Like what it aggregates to him? I think it's uh, maybe two Kyle Kirkwoods. Two um, Kyle Kirkwoods. I mean, at this point, Scott Dixon. Well, I guess you're not really replacing him, but you know, That's, yeah, David Malukas. This <laughs> yeah. is, I'm. This is 100 what's happening at Chip Ganassi right now. Yeah, <laughs> they're sitting around the table <laughs> like we need five wins. How do we get five wins with the available 15 drivers? Because <laughs> I, you know, like, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into that because I just don't know. Um, but also. It really feels like Alex Plo is not. I feel like he's not going to be here. No, uh, I don't think so either. After what we've seen, no, with I, I totally agree. Nick De Nick DeVry, I don't know DeVry DeVries DeVries. Uh, you know, I he could be. I, other people are speculating he'll end up in IndyCar next year. Um, I hope he doesn't. For just I, to throw that out there, but I, I feel like there's a ton of other people I'd rather see. Um, hundred percent. And I'm not even that well educated on <laughs> the up and comers. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just, you know, Polo, I feel like Polo's, Polo to Alphatari is what's going to happen. That feels yeah. like a lock. I'm, I'm not crazy for thinking that. No, I don't think so. Cause who, I mean, I don't, again, I don't really want to talk too much about F1. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, I mean, we kind of have to because that's just, what happens there is gonna is going to affect what happens in IndyCar almost certainly, so we kind of have to. But yeah, I mean the way Sergio Perez has been driving the last month and a half, you got to yeah. think he's out at Red Bull. So 
someone's going to be filling that seat. And that means people are going to be shuffling around and who knows? I mean, maybe they'll poach someone from another one of the top teams, but then maybe that means someone poaches Danny Rick and then you still got, you know, Yuki. And I mean, with, I guess Alonzo and stroll aren't going anywhere, but with Honda going, you know, partnering with Aston Martin, I'm pretty sure Yuki was, had some Honda backing, so who knows where if he's going to stick around there. What you know, I don't know. It's just musical chairs. It is. I mean, it's the same thing in IndyCar too. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, I'd I'd like to. I don't know. I'd like to see Yuki uh, in IndyCar. I like Yuki as a as like a person. Uh, I don't think he's that great of a driver. He's just kind of nuts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he would be fun to see. He would be fun to see. Yeah. Uh, but like, I think I think he'll stick around enough one a little bit longer. We'll yeah, I think there. I think someone will. He's done well enough that you know he could at least get one more contract with a different team if he wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be like a lifer, but no. Yeah, it's, who knows? Maybe he'll get the call up. Yeah, and it's going to be crazy to watch Alex blow if he if he does end up with going F one like. I'm already priming my F1 fan like friends. I'm like, hey, this looks like it's pretty serious. Uh mm-hmm. and you should probably watch the rest of the IndyCar season so you can get acquainted. Yeah. <laughs> um because <laughs> this guy's real good. And I'm yeah. not saying he's gonna be that good in AlphaTari in in F1, but you know, I think yeah. he'd be for sure competitive. I I watched the British Grand Prix this weekend. I don't always watch F1. I will if I'm home and you know mm-hmm. if it's on if it's not on at 4 a.m. Um, but I was as I was watching, I was thinking about it, and I was kind of like, you know, and I mean it was an exciting race for like the first four laps. And then after that, because Lando took yeah. the lead off, you know, off lights out, and I don't know how many laps he held on to it. Not very long. Four laps, maybe four or five laps. And yeah, then it just kind of settled into same old thing. Yep. And I was kind of like Brad this... Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> remaking Driven, which yeah. we need to get you you need to watch Driven. That's we that should be your homework for next week. Driven. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where you it's been forever since I've seen it. I'm trying but... to think of that movie because I might have seen it. No, I haven't seen this. We need to figure out where we can stream that. If anyone, oh, I'll, I'll figure it out. I can just buy it on Amazon. Um, yeah, I was thinking like, you know, this is bo- like Max Verstappen's going to win. This is boring. I'm kind of wasting my time watching yep. this race. Is kind of how I felt. Uh, granted, I had nothing better to do, but I kind of felt like it was like that or watch the John Deere open. <laughs> 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 like a, a B tier PJ tour event. Um, but I was like, there's something that feels way different about this and Alex Pillow in IndyCar. And yes, Max Verstappen is clearly like a great driver. He's probably going to go down as one of the the all-time greats. But, and I guess statistically, it's probably one of the best, it's probably going to be one of the best seasons ever. Mm -hmm. Um, But Alex Pillow right now is also putting together like one of the best seasons ever granted we're only we're just over halfway through so things could change the story could change obviously if things go downhill quickly Mm -hmm. um but it's so much 
more interesting knowing someone is like at the absolute peak of their performance. So much more compelling watching that and knowing, you know, the likely outcome mm-hmm. than it is watching Max Verstappen just drive away from the field because, yeah, he's a good driver, but he also has the best car. You know what yeah, I mean? That That's the other thing about. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. That, that, that's the other thing about watching F1 is like, I know an IndyCar, it's about setup and a lot of stuff like, you know, there's still a lot to do with the car, mm-hmm. but it feels more like it is below performing and like he still has to earn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's not like, like he has to perform the strategy, he has to execute certain things. Whereas like Max Verstappen, it's like, well, Max Verstappen just has to not screw it up too much. Like, yeah. like he could make some mistakes and still be all right. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah. he doesn't do, he doesn't make mistakes that often, but he does from time to time. Yeah. Uh, but he also doesn't he, have to push like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's being graced. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're just adding color to it. Uh, it's like, I get frustrated, um, trying to wrap my head around the two. So seeing Alex blow go, Go to F1 if he does. It's just going to be all the more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clearly, yeah. he has the the intangibles, the stuff you can't really measure. Yeah. Yeah. He's fast. He can put down a quick lap time. Yeah. He can, you know, put the car in the front row. Can, you know, lay down a quick lap when he absolutely needs one. Um, but every. You know, every driver runs it like rolls off the trailer with the same car essentially at every race. And Alex Pillow, week after week, is helping set up the fastest car every week. And there's as much as I don't like watching someone dominate, and as much as I dislike the people who do dominate, I, I still have some appreciation for what he's doing and what he's done over the last two months. Um, And that's, that's so much more interesting again, to get back to that. It's just, it's just more interesting, even though the outcome on paper, it looks almost exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Like it is way more interesting to me. Yeah. It's still way more interesting. Um, But I will say it is shocking (laughs) when it's still shocking. Everyone's like, Hey, you know, IndyCar is way different, man. And then I get here and it's like, ah, (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> this year's a little, uh, little mimicky, maybe, but um, at least in terms of results and results. Yeah, uh, but I mean, to be fair, he's won four out of five races, as opposed to, you know, Max Verstappen, who's won what seven out of nine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like not probably more than that. Yeah, I mean, even. I, I think about that Arenas VK crash so many times. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like that's, that should haunt. That's probably going to haunt Polo. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it is haunting him now. If, if he wins the 500, that is without a doubt, the greatest stretch in IndyCar history, without yeah. a doubt, winning sweeping may, including winning the pole. And then, Winning three more races immediately after that at Detroit, Mid Ohio, and Road America, like unreal. Yeah, there'd yeah. be no comparison. No comparison. 
which is just testament to how good Alex Palau is. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, I, we can only say it so many times. He's on another level right now. Like, no one, I think, I think Will Power said it or Scott Dixon or someone. Like, no one could beat him right now. Maybe it was Scotty Mack. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, they all know it, except, you know, Benjamin Peterson. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, good for Benjamin Peterson. He's, you know. He uh <laughs> he puts his mind to something and he goes and he goes and gets it. He'll do it, man. <laughs> Whatever uh, it takes. So so the other the other story uh coming out of this race is uh Tom Tom Blomquist. Blomquist? Uh Blom- I think it's Blomquist. Blomquist? Okay. Blomquist? Blomquist? I'm not totally sure. I'm not a big MC guy, so can't say yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh he reminds me of that skater. Uh not a no. big skater guy either. That's okay. Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, um, yeah, so he's filling in for Paginal, which seems like he's still shaking up, probably concussion stuff. Uh, yeah, it sounded like, I mean, he feels all right. And mm-hmm. in past years, he probably would be driving and he probably would have driven it in Ohio. Um, but I think the IndyCar medical team is determined that he is not fit to drive, which I mean, good for them. Like that's, you know, I'm sure Simon, that's not Simon Pagino's first concussion. So playing it safe, I think is the right thing to do. It's not really worth it, especially for Simon Pagino right now to run around in 20th. Yeah. Or just crash in the wall. Um, by the way, he was my pick to win the championship at the beginning of the year. So I can say these things. Um that's true. That's but uh, uh so who is Tom? Um, so he is a uh a, for those who don't know, he's filling in the Meyer Shank racing um number 60 for Simon Pagino. Um Tom Blomquist drives for Meyer Shank in IMSA in the GTP category, which is like the prototypes. Um, he's in there. He's in that car full time. I don't know who he's partnering with again. Not a big IMSA guy, but, um, they've won two straight Daytona 24 hours, uh, Rolex 24, whatever it's called. Um, granted this year there was some controversy, um, and they essentially had to give up the win and like everything, but name, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, I mean, he seems to be. You know, kind of a young hotshot over in the sports car side of things. Um, he ran in DTM for a while. He ran in WEC a little bit, some Formula E. So he's been around a little bit. He's been around for a little while. He's not super young. He's 29. Oh, well. Um, what I didn't know is that he's a New Zealand-based, Britain-born, Swedish professional racing driver, according to Wikipedia, which is kind of a lot. So yeah. I don't know what, you know. Who gets to claim him if it's New Zealand or Sweden or or uh, Great Britain? But um, yeah, it seems like Meyer Shank's pretty high on him, and he uh, he ran in a private test um, at Sebring. I think it was last fall. Um, I, I saw it on Twitter. He was the fastest out of out of like the five people who showed up. I can't totally remember who. It was, um, but yeah, he seems like he, you know, he could potentially have some speed. He's hung with a lot of 
a lot of people in IMSA, especially at the Rolex 24, you know, have some IndyCar experience, if not are full-time in IndyCar. Um, Simon and Elio actually filled out the, the Enduro team for hmm. Shank at, at the Rolex. So, um, okay. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's essentially, I don't know if it's a tryout. I feel like he's probably, probably already signed. Um, Michael Shank said in an interview with Nathan Brown from the Indy star last week that he already has one ride like signed and oh, yeah. for 2024. So I've seen some speculation that it's Tom Blomquist. That is yeah. who he was referring to. So, yeah. So maybe he didn't rule him out. Uh, maybe the doctors didn't rule him out. Maybe Meyer Shank ruled him out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, in foil hat. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how someone else does in Simon's car other than uh, someone who's thrown into it the morning of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And also when it's Connor Daly. No offense yeah. to Connor Daly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's we just don't know. I don't know anything about Tom. So um, I feel like he has way more potential upside than Connor Daly. Yeah. But again, that comes from not being a known commodity. Like he mm-hmm. could very well not have more of an upside than Connor Daly, but we don't know that yet. So that's what makes it interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be on the lookout. Um, In terms of uh, predictions uh, for this race, you want to guess who I think is going to win? You already said you're, you're oh, letting yeah. it ride. I'm so. letting it ride, baby. Alex Polo again. It's, just, uh, it, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's... it's it's just taking the easy way out. Well, like, how's he going to lose? You know, um, in a multitude of ways. That's the beauty of IndyCar, Tyler. I feel like he shame on you for not appreciating it. If he gets crashed into, <laughs> that's basically <laughs> the only situation I see. Um, it's it's kind of hard to pass at Toronto. It can be done, but it's not easy. Yeah. So if but he, you know, the overtakes happen in like the backstretch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, going from, I don't know turn, if it's turn three to turn four. I can't remember what the. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. three like and right four. after you. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, you can you can make some passes into turn one if you get a good run out of that last. It's left, right, left. Um, you can make a pass going into turn one too. Um, it's a quick lap there. It's I think it's only like a minute. Um, but. Yeah, you never know on a street course, especially in qualifying. Someone could, you know, cause a red flag and he might not get a clean lap and could end up in the back of the pack and who knows, maybe you'd need a crazy strategy. Well, if it if it's not Polo, I'll say this. I'll say it. if it's not Polo, I wanted to be Herda. Because Herda's I feel like he's been like up there most of the season. Mm-hmm. He was on the podium here last year. Right. Um Yeah. I think he needs a win. Like <laughs> I know I've said that about pretty much every driver throughout the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Colton Herta needs a win because he can't keep doing this. If, <laughs> if he keeps putting it on pole and then something wacky happens and it doesn't work out, it's going to take a toll. Yeah. I think it already has. He's got like some, 
you know, he just doesn't, he doesn't know. He said what he, what he got said. He said, uh, he got quoted saying, uh, he didn't know how to process, uh, the loss from mid Ohio. Uh, and I feel like I don't know how to process any of his losses where he's been up there. <laughs> uh, and he always gets caught. I mean, maybe Stumped that's, up. maybe that's good though, that he can't process it. Cause maybe you can just be like, whatever, <laughs> nothing I could do move on i guess that might be processing but... at least two of his two of the times where he has lost the lead i feel like i've come to strategy uh yeah. and that's why that's probably why they're on the third strategist um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know when you when you're replacing someone like that uh i don't know if that's the best uh strategy about your strategist uh yeah out there so <laughs> i, I want to so, ask you this yeah Outside of Alex Polo, throw him out. Who do mm-hmm. you think is the best driver in the series? Oh man, that, that is tough. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm waiting. <laughs> Probably Scott Dixon. Yeah, that seems cheap, but like, yeah, is that what He's you think, or is that what everyone is telling you to think? Uh, I think well, so he's been the most consistent guy. Like without a doubt, I think other than Powell, uh, fastest to feel is like Pato, but Pato is also just like the riskiest. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Um, that's that's kind of where I I lie. All right, interesting. Yeah, we haven't yeah. talked much about Pato lately. He, I mean, he's been kind of on a, you know, not a, not on a on a. Not in a slump, but I feel like he I hasn't mean, kind of had had it lately, really. Since yeah, the 500, he, almost. He has not shown up, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I want to say Lungard, too, because Lungard's been good. But, mm-hmm. like, that's I'm he's my favorite driver, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm going to say he's, he's up there. I mean, I would very severely push back <laughs> on that if you if you actually thought that i would i, would I see the flaws okay i see the yeah. flaws but uh, you know i fell in love with him with that overtake at uh at barber i think uh i think it was at barber I, I can't remember i remember watching the overtake and being like that's my boy um was it on grosjean yeah i think so okay I think I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I never really asked you what what it was about him that that uh that drew you to him. So that's I'm I'm sure we've talked about it on here, but I've never like thought about a concrete answer. I mean, I think that was you know, he's I think he's the best driver at Ray Hall, Waterman Lanigan. Um I would also push back against that. I push back against that, but do you think Graham is? Yeah, um, I haven't seen it this year. Um, I, that's totally fair. I'm not so, pushing back as hard against. Yeah, that is that's I all I can say. Is I am the best driver in the series, but yeah, Graham. People love Graham, and that that's for a reason, right? Um, and he's been around for a reason. Uh, mm-hmm. but Wungard for me this year, I feel like he's definitely been the best driver, and uh, I like David Waterman a lot, so that's an easy end, <laughs> and uh. I like that he, you know, sports the mustache. He carries himself. He's just got a coolness, you know. He does. I, that's got, the Scandinavian. It's, yeah. it's just that. 
but he's different. Like he's a different Scandinavian. I don't know. If maybe our Scandinavian. Well, he's Danish. He's Danish. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he rides his bike. He smokes his cigarettes. <laughs> that's you know that's all there is to it. Yeah. He's like half German almost. Yeah. He's like, just got this cool coolness. That's but no one else on the grid has it. I'm not gonna lie. No one else. He has the aloofness of a German and the calmness of a Scandinavian. It's the I don't perfect know about aloofness. Hey, I don't know about aloofness, but you know he, that that's what really gets me uh, with him. Uh, and that overtake on Grosjean was just like chef's kiss. You know? Yeah, I, I apologize to any Danes out there. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna get that out there right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's it. It's interesting to me that you put Pato up there. Well, it's because he he has had the speed. Um, yeah, but it's mostly just because he takes wild risks. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he was really good at Mid Ohio. From yeah, yeah. I mean, he kind of we didn't really talk about this last time, but what do you think about the red flag rules in qualifying? Do you think they're a little harsh? Um. And to clarify, if you cause a red flag during qualifying, you lose you to your two fastest laps and you can't continue. So theoretically, in that round, so theoretically you could advance if like your third fastest lap was still mm-hmm. fast as the likelihood of that is extremely slim. I mean, I'm cool with it. Um because <laughs> I've seen when that's not the case <laughs> where, <laughs> where people just red flag it to red foot to make sure no True. one else can get a like there has to be some sort of repercussion in my mind. Um, that's fair. So yeah, no, I think that's maybe maybe a little harsh. To maybe one lap is more reasonable, but like then it becomes more calculated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know where you're like, oh well, I, if I drop this, this drops my. You know, I think I would change it to maybe your three fastest laps, but you can go back out. Yeah. So like if you've already put in two fast laps, that means you have to put in two more. And if it's too late in the session, then you're like you're out of time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I'm OK with letting people go back out, you know, yeah. um, that I think that seems fine. Yeah, because I mean, it it like I get it. You have to penalize someone for causing problems for other people. Um, especially like if someone just put on a set of sticker reds or whatever, and they go out and they run three quarters of a lap and then it's red flag and they lose that lap. They lose that set of tires. Um, but it also, I mean, granted it was entertaining to see Pato try and drive his way through the field that like there is some, yeah, (laughs) somewhat of an entertainment factor to that, but you also put one of your fastest cars in the back of the pack and not every time are they going to pass you know, 19 cars or 17 cars or however many people he passed last week. Um, and you potentially lose out on a possible battle for the win, you know, like mm-hmm. I think Pato probably could have been up there with Colton and, and Polo. Oh, fighting I, for cer- a win. so certainly. Yeah. With Colton, you know, you gain it in one, you know, what is it? Mm-hmm. Robin Peter to pay Paul, whatever the saying yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I didn't really think about that very much until we started talking about that. But that's well, a, it's a good check. We talk about that last week. So, yeah, no, it was a big moment for for Pato. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, who do you think is going to win, AJ? 
I I'm I'm sticking with Colton Herda. I picked him last week. I'm gonna pick him again. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe you're gonna let Pillow ride until he <laughs> loses. I'm gonna let Herda ride until he wins. Okay. Well then other than Herda, who who do you think is gonna um I mean Felix was on the podium here last year. I I am still kind of holding out hope that he'll put together a good result this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had speed. He's been one of the best qualifiers. I feel like mm-hmm. over the course of the year, um, but just for whatever reason, can't, you know, can't put it together when it really counts. So I'm hoping he finally does that. I think some good vibes from last year. Um, I'd like him to be fast. And I mean, Pato too. I mean, he's yeah. Something happened with Rosie last year. Didn't he hit someone? Uh, him and Rossi ran into, so um, it was going into turn three. I think Felix kind of dove in kind of late on Rossi and they went side by side through turn three and it kind of dog legs back to the right and then back mm-hmm. to the left. Um, and on that right hander, I think um, Rosenquist kind of pushed out, you know, he understeered out into Rossi who was on the outside and they banged wheels and the wheel came out of Rossi's hands and he ran into the wall and his day was done because he yeah. worked. <laughs> <laughs> and and they didn't call it race control didn't call a penalty on it. There was no, you know, unavoidable contact or anything like that. So um yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. Okay. So yeah. Uh I mean and he still took third after that. So I could see I could see uh another podium for him here. That'd be good. Yeah. They were both kind of fighting for um, they were up both up near the front. Yeah, at that point, I think. Yeah, I remember. Probably that. for like fourth or fifth. So, mm. um, you know what else I think is going to happen? Yeah, I think I, I everyone. I feel like everyone knows it's going to happen, but I feel like Benjamin Peterson's going to get run into that wall, that same wall that Rossi <laughs> ran into, probably. Um, <laughs> get chrome horned. Yeah, like I feel like everyone is out for blood with that dude. Uh, and it's real easy to just, you know, give him a little love tap, yeah. love tap him into a uh, concussion. Um, <laughs> just had a moment. <laughs> you know, just, just, uh, lost the back end there it, for half a corner. And what it do does you know? feel Guy like you can get away. Wall. You can get away with that kind of stuff a little bit sometimes. And it's like in the NBA car. in the nineties. Yeah. There's like, like guy, you can, you know, not tap a guy like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like get, a little, get a little dirty with it. NBA jams. Was it NBA jams? I can't remember that that cabinet uh, where you could you could punch you could punch the other uh, basketball players. I, I think it was. Uh, yeah. Did you ever play MLB Slugfest? Yeah, yeah, I played that. I love Slugfest. Yeah. Is there any comp there to to IndyCar? Like, like, is it is there a racing game? <laughs> uh, there were some old. There's. Um, there's a handful. I know there was like a Michael Andretti Sega game. I think there's an Alonzo game. There was like an Indy 500 game. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't remember what I, I didn't have any as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all a little before my time. They were like mid 90s, you know? Yeah. Um, There's a good YouTuber that you should check out. His name's GP Laps. Um, it's all like vintage not like it's not vintage, but like he plays a lot of like older racing games nice. and, and, you know, 
Yeah. I don't know if he's on Twitch or whatever. He's definitely on YouTube. That's where I've saw, seen all of what I've seen from him. Um, it's pretty cool. He'll play some of like the old, the old, the old games. And then there's yeah. like IndyCar Racing too. I think it was a big one. And there's some guy on Twitter who like mod. And there's still like an active modding community for it and stuff. It's it's kind of cool if you look into it a little bit. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I I play some uh, when I go to the arcade out here. I play some that are. Uh, that have indie cars in them, but it isn't oh, yeah. like an indie car game. Yeah. Um, but mostly I just end up at Sega Daytona. Um, that's <laughs> kind of, I kind of live there, you know, I play that every time I go. So there is a cart one. Um, last time I was on the Ohio turnpike, which I can't remember. That's probably last year. Um, they still had in a couple of the, the, uh, the rest stops. They, uh, still, had- they still had a couple of them. <laughs> nice. So. If you're if you find yourself cruising through northern Ohio on the turnpike on 80. I've been there. Take I've a peek. Check it out. <laughs> Might be the Commodore Perry Commodore Perry stop. Okay. Kind of near Toledo. You you don't have you don't know this at all. <laughs> <laughs> it might be that. I mean, well, I've I have stopped at every probably every single service plaza on the Ohio Turnpike in I mean, I've been going up and down that road for since I was in like kindergarten, basically, from what I remember. I've had family in the Cleveland area for, you know, for all, my whole life. And now my parents live out in Ohio. So so you live in in the Ohio Turnpike. That's how I take it. Essentially, um, that would be, I feel like that would be fun. Not as fun as you think. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? You get to eat Hardee's and Burger King every day, Tyler. <laughs> what what could be better than that? And find, you know, dead bodies and like all the other mishappenings on the side of the Ohio highways. Um, you know, for all for all the shit Ohio gets, their their rest stops are very clean. They, they, they do keep, have good. Yeah, they take good care. Yeah. They do. It's better than the Indiana ones and the Illinois <laughs> Illinois <laughs> rest stops don't exist anymore, basically. Um, yeah. What happened to all the Oasis's on 294? Did they just gone. get rid of all of them? I, I'm pretty sure they're like all gone. Uh, but that's, you know, that's local news. <laughs> um, <Good old> Illinois. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the other local news is, you know, they're, they're so they're renovating the IMS uh, museum. They I kind of, I wish I had gone. <laughs> it's still open through new, through November. So, oh, I can make it then. I, yeah. I'll figure it out. If I go to Gallagher, um, I might, I might be able to stop in. So, yeah. I mean, it's open literally every day. It's yeah. like every day other than Thanksgiving and Christmas day. I think it's, open. yeah. Cause it's, it's closed until, you know, like 2025. Like they're, yeah, it's going to close in november 2023 and it's gonna hopefully reopen in time for the 2025 500 nice so yeah i'm sure they'll make that happen um it'll be cool i don't know what they have in there now but i i was reading they said indy star said they had like they're gonna have a pit like a pit stop like thing for you to learn um like a competition style thing that they do when they go around you know like they did in iowa a few weeks Mm -hmm. back yeah um and just like a bunch of other cool stuff. I don't know. It seems like a it's it's a ninety million dollar renovation. Yeah. I feel like that's a decent chunk of change for IMS. 
Yeah. Well, I, I did see they're going to open up the basement um, and turn that into actual exhibition space. Um, you can technically go down there now, um, but it's a paid tour and it's kind of expensive. I think it's like 150 bucks. Um, it's, it was for a long time. It was kind of secretive. Like they didn't let people go down there. And there's a lot of cars down there that aren't necessarily Indianapolis 500 or Brickyard 400 related, but are very historic cars. Like they've got some old Formula One cars and like really old historic, you know, like Maseratis and mm-hmm. old, old, old race cars down there. Um, again, I haven't been on the basement tour, but um, they're going to turn that all into exhibition space from what I can tell. And hopefully that means a lot of those cars will now be on public display, which will be really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, It's been exactly the same for as long as I can remember. I probably went there for the first time in like 1998 and it's effectively the same, like (laughs) it's the same building. (laughs) Yeah. The layout is pretty much, there's the new wing and back. I'm, I can't remember when they added that on, but there's a pretty big gap in, in time between between the more recent times I've been um, and the, the new wing on the back is, is relatively new. I don't remember that being there, um, but it's just like old Indy 500 cars out there. Um, if you, when you walk in the door to the right, it's all like old winners and they've got some cool cars in there. They've got um, uh, like, Bob Yunzer, 68 winner, um, Jacques Villeneuve, a 95, Buddy Lazier, a 96. Um, Tom Sneva, 90 in 83 is in there. Um, then they've got like a lot of the old roadsters, um, like the, the, uh, Parnelli Jones car and, um, Bill Vukovic. Um, I don't know. Hmm. I know that some of those names mean nothing to you, but some of them do though. So. Yeah. Um, and then the, on the other side, that's kind of like their temporary exhibit space. The I don't know if it's still there. I went. Um, can't remember when I went, but it was it's called second and it's a bunch of like second place cars. Brutal. <laughs> well, well, it's kind of cool, though. Like, yeah, they have J.R. Hildebrand's car from 2011 when he wrecked coming out of turn four and got passed on the last lap um, by Dan Weldon and um Jeff Ward's old Yahoo car, which I loved as a kid from 99. That was like the first 500 I could really remember. And I, I used to watch the the like the 99 500 recap video all the time, uh, like the hour long special version of it. And they'd always show onboard clips of that car and uh, just very nostalgic. Scott Goodyear in 92, some from way back, like 1912, you know some from long long time ago um so do they have do they ever have an ask jeeves car (laughs) not that i can remember that there could have been probably not i feel like ask jeeves was never that big uh but for whatever reason i still used it sometimes i remember using ask jeeves there was like an ask jeeves for kids do you remember that no, I, I was straight to the adult version. It was um, Ask Jeeves was blocked at my elementary school, but Ask Jeeves for Kids had kind of the adult filters on it, mm-hmm. um, and we could use that. I don't think we could even use Google, but we could use <laughs> Ask Jeeves for Kids. We don't trust that Google. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, man. Well, uh, 
yeah, anything else that uh, you think we should touch on? Um, there was a report from Marshall Pruitt at racer.com that uh, Pratt Miller is looking at potentially starting an IndyCar team. Um, I don't know if you know anything about Pratt Miller, but uh, they kind of run the Corvette IMSA sports car team, probably whack too. Okay. Um, they've done a lot of work with Chevy, so that could be interesting having another essentially factory team, you know, thrown into the mix. Yeah. I mean, having any other team thrown in the mix is going to be nuts. There's already so many cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who's the other factory team? I'm trying to think. I mean, they're not, none of them are like technically factory teams, but there's kind of like a hierarchy. Like Penske owns Ilmore, like Roger Penske owns Ilmore, which essentially makes the Chevy engines. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and I think Pratt Miller has done a lot of R&D work or engineering work for Ilmore. I'm not totally, I don't quote me on any of this. Yeah. But so if they, if they come, they'll be competitive, you think? I would think so. I mean, the, uh, Corvette racing has been, I mean, I'm pretty sure they've essentially clinched the WEC championship in their class already. I'm not positive on that. Again, don't quote me. Mm-hmm. Not, not a big sports car guy, but um, I mean, they're, they're like a full, they're, they're a, a reputable organization, I guess. Yeah. They, they know what they're doing. So <laughs> I don't know if I would expect them to walk in and be competitive immediately, like contending for championships. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would probably be a similar situation to like McLaren coming in. Um, Need a which, little bit to get rooted. Yeah. Um, the other thing though, is I think the two engine manufacturers are kind of tapped out. Like they don't have much, um, much capability mm-hmm. for providing more full season entries yeah so part of me wonders if like they'd either be like taking over another team or um again in a similar way to mclaren buying into schmidt peterson Mm -hmm. um but yeah without a third engine manufacturer i'm not sure yeah i was gonna say would there ever be a third engine manufacturer it's that's the white whale (laughs) 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 <laughs> that's what IndyCar fans have been hoping for for uh, 10 years now because Lotus came in in 2012 and had an absolute dud. Mm. Um, they had two cars in the 2012 Indy 500 and they got pulled off the track for not being fast enough. <laughs> uh, and oh, since then, yeah. it's only been Honda and Chevy. So, yeah, some teams like got bailed out of their contracts with Lotus. That's crazy. Because it was that far from being competitive. Well, hopefully there's someone that can step up. Um, I think people are starting to see IndyCar as a viable. I feel like, I, you know, the numbers may disagree. Uh, so maybe it's just personal. But I feel like, you know, more people are getting exposed to F1. We're getting exposed to IndyCar. Um, yeah. The thing about F1, though, and I feel like not enough people consider this when they're thinking about this topic is that f1 is truly global and people who are upset that ford is getting into f1 with red bull and are like why not indycar like indycar is way more like way better racing why wouldn't ford want to be an indycar it's because 
Ford doesn't really need to <laughs> advertise in the US. Neither neither does Honda, neither does Chevy. <laughs> like they're kind of doing it almost out of the the kindness in their heart essentially at this point because it's like something to do, something to keep their people entertained. It's well, good. I, I think you can build a brand around it though. Oh, you absolutely can. Like McLaren, you know, like if <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like they've built their car brand up and like the messaging is consistent when you see them in IndyCar too. You know, yeah. they like they have like the same freaking they look the same. Yeah. <laughs> they act but, the same. They <laughs> yeah. Um but when you think about a company like Ford, they mm-hmm. could get into IndyCar and they could advertise to a million people that are watching IndyCar races if we're being generous week in and week out who already know what Ford is, <laughs> you know, like I'm sure there's some people that would be swayed to maybe buy a Ford just because they're IndyCar. It's going to be a very small percentage of people. Probably but Ford does have a Ford has a perception problem in the U S um, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. The F one fifty is the best selling car in America. Yeah. And it's a truck. Is what I mean. Um, yeah, but who cares? That's what makes them the most money. But they just they just killed their uh, the Taurus, um, and like they 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 don't dominate like that game at all. I think there's room for them to grow. Um, but they don't need to dominate that game because that doesn't make them any money. But they it could make them money if they figured it out. It'll and make them have... less money than dominating the truck market. But they can do both. Is what I'm saying. They could, but my point is that they could also instead spend that money in F1, which puts them in front of millions upon millions of people around the entire world. Mm -hmm. And that is going to give them much better return on their investment than IndyCar would. And for the people that are like, well, why wouldn't you like F1 is so expensive. Like IndyCar is a way better bargain. Ford doesn't need a bargain. Ford needs a good investment. And unfortunately, IndyCar is not as good of an investment for a big engine manufacturer like Ford. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I and when I think about, uh, you know, the people who are mad that Ford isn't thinking about IndyCar, I feel like um, their their reaction isn't uh, like that. The logic tracks, um, you know, it would be a small. The thing is, I don't know. <laughs> If it would be a small investment, if for them to be an engine manufacturer, um, well, I think they like I think Chevy and Honda lose money. Every yeah, year doing yeah. it. Like I don't think it's it's a lucrative because if yeah, it was, they, people would be lining up to do it. And then that's fair, and that's kind of why I'm like, well, you know, an engine is an engine. It costs, you know, it's probably going to be ballpark. <laughs> You know, an F1 engine might be more, way more, but like it's still expensive um, for the return. Uh, Yeah. So. Well, and the other thing too, Chevy doesn't, it's not like the CEO of Chevy is like, how's that IndyCar engine build coming? It's (laughs) someone from Ilmore, which is a private company, building the engine and doing all the research and development on it. And then Chevy marketing guy, a Chevy marketing guy coming in and be like, let's put our badge on that thing. Yeah. Slap <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And then slap on the ass 
right on out to the track in Indianapolis. That's <laughs> that's how it works. It's not yeah, like, but that's how like there tons of cars have worked like that though. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> no, but I mean it's um, like, yeah, it's yeah, not it's not an actual Chevy, Chevy engine. Yeah. yeah, I get what you mean. Um, it's more perception. I mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. IndyCar, IndyCar's got some problems, and I don't know how to solve them. <laughs> the thing is, IndyCar's had that problem for ten years, and they're doing fine. <laughs> like it's not I, a I problem to... until Honda or Chevy bails. Then it's a yeah. problem. They're doing we've, okay. We've been there before. Mm-hmm. In I can't remember what year it was. Might have been like two thousand six or two thousand. No, maybe two thousand seven. Chevy and Toyota were also engine suppliers for a while. And they both bailed and it was just Honda for a good number of years until 2012. Um, and there were like 19 cars on the grid. Yeah. <laughs> and like no fans. It, it was like severe, severe downslope for IndyCar at that point. Well, so yeah, they need to find a third one before one of them bail just to cover their bases. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of me also feels like if they do find a third, then Chevy's going to be like, ah, oh, well, you know, we can get yeah. out of it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, They're excused. Yeah. Yeah. We feel better about the decision. So we'll see. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I hope they find someone, to be honest. Someone. Uh... I do too. It, it would definitely be a good thing. I don't want to minimize that. It would be good if it happened. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll be on the lookout for Pratt Miller news in the future. Yeah. Uh, anything, anything? Final thoughts? You know, what are you looking forward to most? Well, hold on, I just want to get back okay, to, yeah. to the engine manufacturer thing. My sleeper pick, which I don't know if it's a real sleeper pick, um, but Hyundai has their end division now, like their performance line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 the Stinger, right? Is that one of theirs? That's, no, that's Kia. Kia. Hyundai um, has. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, so the end line is like the Elantra and in the Veloster and like they're regular cars, but it's mm-hmm. like a performance variant. Yeah. I think there's a Kona now too. I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't keep track of all of them. But um Brian Herta, his IMSA, I guess it's Michigan Michelin Pilot Challenge. I can't remember what the it's like the the feeder series for for IMSA WeatherTech sports car series. Mm-hmm. Right, I guess not necessarily feeder series, but like support series. Um, Brian Hurd is essentially like the Hyundai factory team. So I feel like there could be some way that Hyundai would get in with Brian Hurd on Andretti Autosport and they would be like the big Hyundai team. That's kind of what yeah. I'm hoping for. What the actual likelihood of that is, I have no idea. This is total speculation, but I'm kind of holding out hope for that. Yeah, I would hope that there's a uh, a Hyundai car out there hyundai engine um but yeah no i would hope that there's like a hyundai engine mostly because that would be cool for my car um (laughs) i also drive a hyundai so yeah it will piece of crap car but it goes forever for whatever reason um (laughs) it's because it's all plastic and plastic never goes away (laughs) no doesn't rust either true (laughs) oh man man well yeah i don't i don't have anything else i don't think um yeah, cool. just looking forward to Toronto. Another race. Excited to have another race to watch. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, you know, I liked uh, the national anthems, getting both of them. 
Um, <laughs> I, I'm like, there's certain things I'm looking forward to uh, when I sit down to watch the race. Do um, they do? Do they do Star Spangled Banner first or O Canada first? Probably Star Spangled Banner first. I right? think they did Star Spangled first. Yeah. And then, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and. I don't know. I I'll pay a little bit more attention to like the pre-show and the post-show because those kind of harder to find on the recap stuff. So yeah, um, pretty excited for it. Better um, anthem, O Canada or Star Spangled Banner? I gotta go with O Canada. To be honest, I'm with you. Uh that un-American. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love America. Uh, I like our freedoms, but. Uh, <laughs> I also recognize a banger when I hear it, and it True. is O Canada. This um, is from a purely musical perspective. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you think that O Canada... <laughs> Absolute it, pro. <laughs> if you think that O Canada is a great song, better than Star Spangled Banner, shoot us an email at 16streetpod at gmail, 16streetpod at gmail or you know tweet at us at 16th street pod or 16th street pod uh this has been the 16th scanner uh that you've listened to aj my co-host my expert on most of the stuff educate me um hopefully educate you a little bit if you need it and you've listened to my banter and whatever uh dumb opinions i have uh so thank you for your time and uh if you like us please leave us a five-star review that'd be awesome uh best way to support the show is to subscribe on whatever you know, platform you have, uh, follow us on Twitter. That always is uh, nice to see. And uh, shout out to Penny Wishes for our intro and outro music. Peace. Bye. Three, two, one. Finish line, Bob Jenkins, who's gonna win it?